Welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Our mission is to empower, inspire, and mentor people to reclaim their health and become self-reliant in their fitness. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Hogue. Join with me as my co-host, Annabelle Rios. All right, guys, we're going live in three, two, one. Guys, it's a special day. It's a very special day. Honestly, a special week. Very special week. We've we've <laughs> never seen this before, guys. Never. Never. <laughs> but we don't know who you are, but thank you. The podcast has been growing significantly. I think we said this week we've had, what, over, honestly, probably over 1,500 downloads in a week. Yeah. So just hit, thank you guys for the support. Yeah, thank Some, you. We're, I mean, we're going to be making these anyway, but it is nice to see that it is growing. So thank you. Thank you yeah. for listening. Um Thanks for supporting the podcast. You know, there's other ways you can support the podcast. You want to tell those, tell the listeners yeah. about that, Annabelle? Leave us a review and a rating. Yeah. Preferably a five-star rating, you know, wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, I mean, five-star would be great. Yeah, no, no. Uh, the, the reason we say that is that it's going to help it spread to other people who may not be w- aware of this podcast. It's going to be more searchable. So, you know, just leave us a five-star. This comment. is a low-budget podcast. We're gr- trying to grow organically. Yeah. So if you can help us with that organic growth. Yeah, as we as we record in our, our studio. <laughs> oh, this is a beautiful studio. Beautiful studio. For you guys One that day can't see where it. we're at. <laughs> But also subscribe too. That way you don't yeah. you, you get you won't miss any episodes, um, yes. and can share those that you really like with others, um, and it just helps others find it with you when you give it a review and give it a five star rating. We're doing this for the people, the people's champs. We're the people's champs. <laughs> but, but thank you again for the support. Of course, no, definitely thank you. And some other big news, guys. Oh, <sighs> it's been a big week. We're on cloud nine. Not saying we're official yet, but we are now affiliated with legions so who's legions cam legions athletic is a supplement company and they're actually the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world i'll say that again in the world and there's a few good reasons why number one they have all all products are 100 percent natural that means no artificial sweeteners no artificial flavors no artificial dyes they don't use any proprietary blends, meaning what you see is what you get. You're not getting anything that isn't already on that isn't on the label. Some more chemicals, you know. Yeah. And they only use Legion only uses the clinically effective dose for all ingredients that has been proven to work. That means they're not just gonna say that you get something, but it's actually not gonna do anything. So it's the clinical dose. So head on over to legionsathletics.com and use the code HEROES. That's H E. That's H-E- Say that again? H-E-R-O-E-S to get 20% off your first order. And then every order after that, you get double loyalty points, which means you'll get things for free if you keep purchasing. So mm. we it's like good. it. It's a good week. We actually have been using Legion's products yeah. for a couple of years now, and we really like it. And that's why we wanted to try and hook up with them and promote their product because uh, we believe in it. So Yeah, we, we've, we've been, been using, using it. it for almost two years now. and. Here's the saying. What I like that they say that we also said when we did the supplement episodes, you don't really need them at all. And they say the same thing, but they can help. Yeah. So to the episode. To the episode. I don't even know what we're talking about today, Cam. We are talking about everything you need to know about fasting. It's a hot topic. A lot of people want to know about it. We've actually been asked a couple times about it, and we're finally getting around to it. So there's so much. It's such a wide topic. We could probably talk for hours 
we want to basically give everyone a good understanding of all that it encompasses. And then if we need to go deeper into something specific, let us know and we can do another episode potentially honed in on one of those things. Yes. We just want everyone to walk away going, ah, I kind of understand. This is a good overview episode for you. So fasting, even like the definition is, it can mean, it can mean a lot of things. What we mean and what typically the community means about fasting is abstaining from food. Like you're not eating food. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and again, fasting could mean like you're abstaining from maybe alcohol or you're fasting from sugar or you're fasting from social media mm-hmm. or something not even food or drink related. And we're not necessarily talking about that. There's so many different ways to do it. But specifically, we're talking about not eating food in this episode. And with that, there's actually some cultural um, and historical significance to fasting. So this dates probably to the beginning of time, really. <coughs> a lot of, what were you going to say? Nothing. Oh, okay. Uh, a lot of religious observances and practices um, uh, li- uh, fasting is linked to. So if you think uh, for like Islam, uh, for Muslims, they have Ramadan where they don't eat when it's light outside. There's Jewish and Christian practices of going without food for a period of time. Um, that's stated in the Bible multiple times. Um, it can be basically a spiritual practice that allows an individual to rely on God as their source of fuel and, and not by bread alone. Um, and that can be for, those are the only religions that I'm very mm-hmm. familiar with. I and think other religions also practice fast. It's yeah, very popular. It's very popular. You know, I, we can't get into all the different religions and cultural uh, peoples that do this, but it is very tightly linked to spiritual practice, mm-hmm. to even the mind. Some people will practice for more meditation in the mind. I think recently it's gotten a lot of support because of the physical benefits. Yes. So it's almost like these religions knew it was important spiritually, mentally, but now we're actually finding out the benefits physically. The physical medicine, yep. So there's actually been quite a bit that's come out the past, I don't know, 15, 20 years about fasting and different protocols. So we kind of want to talk about those today. No, let's get into it, Doc. How does it work? Why would you, like, what are the physical things that are happening when you fast? So one of the biggest things is we're finding that there's metabolic changes that occur when you fast. Mm. So brief overview here. A lot of people, the word metabolism, we've talked about it in the past too, but the word metabolism uh, or metabolic, so metabolic means metabolism. Um, kind of what is that? You know, so when you think about metabolism, just think about all the different chemical changes that take place like in a cell or the organism to produce or use energy and to kind of make the basic materials for life in the cell and the organism. So your metabolism is what's giving you the fuel and how you break down the fuel to use for the cells. So that's kind of when we're saying metabolic changes, we're saying the thing that keeps us alive, essentially. Um, So one thing that happens is you do have a depletion of glucose in the body. There's a lot of things we could talk about with this, but just think about it this way. When you eat or drink uh, that has carbohydrates, known as carbs, your body will break those down into glucose, which is a type of sugar. And depending on the carb, it could break it down into different types of sugar molecules. We're not getting into that. So what happens is when you break that down into sugar, your body will either use it or store it. Um, 
when you eat it, it raises your the glucose in your blood because your body, as you eat it, your body takes it out via the blood vessels, send it to the rest of the body. Um, and most people use that for fuel. So it's actually stored in the muscles and liver as glycogen. So glucose is the same thing as glycogen, just it's the stored version. And your body uses that. So when you fast, you're actually depleting that. So you're pulling the glucose out of the muscles. You're pulling the glucose out of the body to where you're depleting it. And you're no longer using glucose for fuel. So what happens is you start using fat for fuel mm. or fat for energy. So that's when your body will start tapping into the fat storage. And I guess that's what we get on a lot of these other diets and like keto. and it, Yeah. And they have all these claims that you're not using carbs for energy you're using your store fat you're using the store fat so grab if you're a guy grab if you have some fat on your stomach grab your stomach you're using that for uh for energy if you deplete all your glucose so we'll talk about how long you actually need to fast to get into that but um there's these there's this thing called ketosis and ketones which is the alternative fuel source to glucose or glycogen and that is essentially when the fat is being broken down into fatty acids and ketones, your body reaches the state of ketosis. And so you're burning these fatty acids, these ketones that you had broken down from fats. Um, how long does it take to get into that state in which you are burning fat? Um, I actually had to look this one up and I couldn't get a straight answer. Some I, It ranged from like from 12 hours to 18 hours where you actually started to tap into uh, ketosis and breaking down the fat. Really, the only way you would know is uh, to test your ketone levels. So sometimes you can, there's these devices that test for ketones. You can prick your finger, you can blow into one of these devices and it just measures the ketones in your body and it'll tell you how you're in ketosis. I'm not an expert on that, mm -hmm. but basically... I would, I would just say after twelve or eighteen hours, you're you're probably in. You should be in it. You should be in it where you're where you're burning. Fat. How long do you think you'd be in that state? Uh, I mean, if you stay in it too long, you die. If you don't, if you're not <laughs> refueling with either more fats, like if mm. you're on the keto, if you're on the keto diet, or giving yourself, you know, glucose or some sort of carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you will eventually die if you don't have food, but um, your body will continue to burn fat until it doesn't have it. You know, so that I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. Um, and technically that is, we'll talk about one of the benefits, but later, but I think the biggest thing that is happening is you're using fat for energy. You're, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're blowing through the glucose. You're using fat. And I know a lot of people get into arguments as far as which was more efficient. And I think it would depend on what, what you're, what you're about to do or what you're trying to train for. Yeah. And man, there's so many different benefits we're going to talk about, but hold that thought once mm. we get to the benefits. And I think we can explore that a little bit more. There's a bunch of different types guys. Um, well, and, and even right before the episode, animal brought up another one. I'm like, well, dang, there's so many different ways you can slice it. These are kind of the biggest ones that I could find online. Like the umbrella, right? Yeah. But you can essentially just, there's so many different ways you can mix <laughs> and match this stuff. So, the big one that most people think about when they think about fasting is intermittent fasting, sometimes known as IF. Mm -hmm. um, really what that means, what when people say intermittent fasting, they're mainly referring to what's called time-restricted feeding. So that's the most common. Hey, which didn't we talk about that? We That was last up, or last two episodes two ago episode. with Dr. Peter Tia. Yeah. Apparently he's got a book out. I wanna, I'd like to get that and read it, but... Mm -hmm. um, 
this is this is the most common. That's the sixteen eight method. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, it basically means you are fasting for sixteen hours, and you have an eight hour feeding or eating window. So think about it like you have one p.m. to nine p.m. to eat. So if you're not in that window, you don't eat. Mm-hmm. So that's eight hours worth of eating, sixteen hours worth of fasting. So that 16 hours is that sweet spot between the 12 and 18. So meaning you're yeah. tapping into some of that. You're, you've depleted your glucose. You're tapping into your fat stores at that point, And um, you're burning fat for fuel. And then the key for this is there's no limitation on what you eat or how much you eat. Yeah. I mean, like we talked two episodes ago, like with this, all you're restricting is the when, mm-hmm. when you eat. You're not necessarily even restricting what you eat. Now you can. You can start um, like stacking these things, mm-hmm. but this is specifically looking just time. So that's the 16-8. You can tweak that around. You can make that 18-6. Yeah, I think most people would just skip breakfast because it's a little bit easier. Yeah. You just have like a late lunch. This Yeah, this, pro- this protocol is also the skipping breakfast protocol. Yeah. You may you may, may eat dinner at 8 o'clock at night, and then you don't eat till 12 the next day at lunch, mm-hmm. and that's the same thing. Very popular. Very popular, and you can tweak those numbers around, but they have found that... Probably the 16 is kind of the is the lowest point you need to go or you need to fast longer. Because if you go any lower than that, then that's almost like normal. Like you stop eating at 8, then you eat at 8 the next morning. That's 12 hours yeah, of you fasting. Yeah, you're sleeping. Because <laughs> you're sleeping. Yeah, so you need to have yeah. something during the day when you're actually awake to get some of the benefits because you're burning somebody a little had, bit Somebody more. else is going to be like, I just sleep longer. Yeah. <laughs> So that's that's one type of intermittent fasting, and that's the most common. We just call that time-restricted feeding. There's also alternate day fasting, which is another type of your intermittently fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, one is called the, they call it the stop, eat, eat, stop, eat. Um, essentially, you fast for a day, uh, 24 hours. You do that once or twice a week, and you um, you eat regularly the rest of the week. So you're essentially just cutting calories for an entire day and the rest of the day, the rest of the week you eat normally. How you normally would. You're not trying to make up those calories Mm -hmm. the rest of the week. You're just one day you don't eat normally. You just fast. So that's like not eating from dinner one day till dinner the next day. And that's essentially that protocol. Different ways you can mix and match. Yeah, that one's straightforward. This other one's a little bit more tricky. It's called the 5-2 method. Essentially with the 5-2, there's five days of the week where you eat normally. And then there's two days where you only eat 500 calories. So it's another way of like restricting your calories um, without technically having to fast. Um, you do, you are able to eat a little bit. Now 500 calories is it's not you're still, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be hungry. Like it's, it's not a lot of calories. Mm. Um, it's technically not a fast, but it's, it's linked in there because I think the calories are so low for one of the days that it just, they counted as kind of like an alternate day fasting. Yeah. Just because I think the five, two. So that's that one. Oh, and you're not supposed to, on this particular method, you're not the two days that you have the eat the 500 calories. Um, you're supposed to do them on non-consecutive days. You wouldn't do them back to back. You wouldn't mm. do them Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the week, you normally might do it Monday, Thursday where you do the 500 calories. So these are, um, some of the different types of intermittent fasting, do you have any thoughts on those, Annabel? No, I think those are pretty straightforward. Makes sense. Now, I have personally tried the time restricted feeding, the sixteen eight method. Yeah, and I really, I really enjoyed that. 
because I'm not a, I'm actually not even a big breakfast eater anyway. Same. So it just kind of worked out naturally um, for me. And uh, we'll talk about some of the benefits later, but that's the one that I've tried. And I, and I did that for, I don't know, three to four months. Sometimes I, I jump on and off of it depending. Yeah. I mean, but, it's honestly easy. You just wake up, have your black coffee and then boom, uh, you're good. Yeah. Don't eat till lunch. But I've tried that one, and I personally enjoy that one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, Annabelle, we've also done the alternate day fasting before where you just don't eat for 24 hours mm-hmm. and then eat normally the rest of the week. That one's a, that's one's a smidge harder. Um, that one's hard. Like, if you haven't fasted before, <laughs> it is not easy to not eat because you're, no. you're you're in this rhythm of, you know, eating at least three or four times. I feel like your body's also going through withdrawals. Yeah, and you start to get these cravings and... Mm-hmm. Um, so the 16 is probably the easiest to get to start off with because you're just skipping your a meal. Wet. But yeah, some of that uh, eat, stop, eat or the five, two, like you're not eating a lot during those two days or during that 24 hours. And it's hard. You might need to build up to that. These are protocols. These are not, <laughs> it's not the law of Moses, people. Yeah. Like let's, um, you, there's some wiggle room here. So you you can always build up and not just make this some sort of, um, try them out iron gate you mm-hmm. know there's also and these are very self-explanatory there's extended fasting where you f- you know fast for 24 hours and anything longer than that is multi-day so where you literally don't eat for 24 plus hours mm. um that one's self-explanatory that one's really hard too we've we've I've tried that. yes yeah. <laughs> what was your experience on that one animal day one maybe a little excited Oh, okay, it's not too bad. By the time you get to day two and day three, man, you're it's rough. You hungry. You're hungry. Everything looks like food. Oh yeah. <laughs> but tell tell me about the um Oh, we were talking about the hunger the, meter. So I think say, like, are you really even hungry? Or are you just less full? <laughs> That's a good point. Or bored. <laughs> or bored. It's like you don't even know anymore. You just Cause sometimes we just eat because it's, well, it's 12 o'clock. I need to eat. Well, it's eight in the morning. I got to have my breakfast. Yeah. But I mean, do you, are you hungry? Are you really hungry or are you just eating because that's the time of day and you're just growing accustomed to did it? Did you, did you find yourself just opening the fridge randomly, even though you know you couldn't eat, but you just opened it out yeah, of it's, habit? It's habit. For some reason it was like, I don't know. I, I, I eat at 12 and 12 o'clock will hit. And I'm like, Oh, it's time to, what am I? It's just like my natural reaction. It's like, I, I, I have to eat it's 12 o'clock. But breaking that and then going a long period of time without food, you're you kind of reset your hunger meter. Like when you get out of the fast, you're yeah, like, yeah, you're like, oh, okay, I'm not really hungry. I'm just yeah, like it's a, a certain time of day, so my body's just naturally used to eating at this time, even though it may not be hungry. Yeah, I had found that it was like a habit to just open the pantry <laughs> or open the fridge. I'm like, what am I? What am I doing? I'm not. I'm not like technically. I'm fasting. I'm not supposed to be eating right now. Why am I doing this? And it just was. It was habit. Or like social, you know, some people eat socially, yeah. like you go out, maybe you get some drinks and maybe you want to just order an appetizer. You're not very hungry, but everyone else is eating the appetizer. And it's like people, just, I mean, there's different ways and reasons why we eat. And it's just mm-hmm. weird when you can't and you find yourself reaching for these things and uh, you're not. Like, yeah, it brings to. a lot of self-awareness for uh, sure. So there, there's a lot of potential benefits to fasting. We're going to talk about those. Yeah, and it's a lot of different varieties. We're talking about like one meal a day. You know, even the time, the intermittent fasting, some people have like a longer protocol where their eating windows shorter than eight. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, there's so many, there's so many there, different guys. ways. Yeah, you just said like the 
the Gomad, the it's a Gomad, right? It's like one meal. Of, I don't know what they call it. It's just like you only eat yeah, essentially or dinner. Omad, I think. Omad, that's what it is. It's like a big dinner. I think Gomad is the gallon of milk a day. Is that what it is? Yeah, the gallon of milk a day. <laughs> anyway, the Omad, the you only eat one meal a day, so essentially you're fasting for, you know, eighteen yeah. to twenty hours. Only have like a two to four hour eating window. One of the benefits that we've already discussed is um, it resets your hunger meter. Another benefit that when I actually got into the sixteen eight was uh mental clarity oh yeah so it was kind of funny the reason i actually got into the fasting it had nothing to do with weight loss building muscle inflammate all these things we're going to talk about it was because i was studying for the physical therapy board exam and i was like i really if i could just focus for like six to eight hours in the morning like yeah. if i could just really knock out my studying while i was pre prepping for this exam you know that I feel like I wouldn't waste the whole day just nonchalantly studying. So I read about the mental, uh, the mental benefits of just like being able to focus and clarity. And so I started trying it, and it and it worked. Like I was I was zoned in. Uh, I wasn't getting brain fog. Like after you eat breakfast, sometimes you kind of get in a little, mm -hmm. you get a little cozy. You got, you know, you're, you're not really thinking, you know, dude, you're sharp. You're like laser focused. Laser focused. Yeah. I don't know what what it's called or what it is, but. It's just like when you've gone without food, your mind's just so alert. Yeah, and plus your body isn't expending some energy to break down the food, so you're having more resources to do other things. Oh, that is true. I've probably heard of that. Like, you know, you're using a lot of energy in your gut as you're trying to process these things. Those, and then also there's the insulin. Like when you mm -hmm. eat glucose and it spikes your insulin, that can make, and then you have the crash of insulin, which makes you more fatigued and kind of drowsy and mm. brain fog. So one big benefit was mental clarity um, for me. Oh, I second that. Um, another benefit is weight loss. Um, <coughs> the big reason is because you're in a calorie deficit. You're eating less calories. I mean, technically, you you could be you you could eat enough to not be in a calorie deficit, but this is discouraging. Yeah. The calorie deficit, um, or a calorie surplus. It's discouraging a calorie surplus. It's promoting a calorie deficit. Mm. So everybody knows pretty much that 3,500 calories is equal to a pound. So if you're in a, if you eat 3,500 calories more, you'll gain a pound. If you eat 3,500 calories less, you'll lose a pound. You're referring to like within a week, right? Within a week. Yeah. I mean, it, technically you could I mean, do yeah, it. Within, technically, yeah. Technically, technically within a week is what people look at this as. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you think about skipping one meal, which let's just say that has 500 calories, 600 calories. I would say Probably I mean, right. could Mo be more. most American meals, in my opinion, are closer to a thousand. Oh, yeah, they're jam packed with calories. They're jam packed with calories. You get a little burger from McDonald's or something that's like yeah. eight hundred calories, and then you have to fry, then you get the. So well, I'm being a little yeah. bit more conservative here, saying five hundred because that still equals thirty five hundred calories a week. Yeah. So if you're skipping breakfast that has a low, if you're skipping a low calorie breakfast of five hundred calories, still by the end of the week you'll lose one pound. Yes. And if you continue that, you'll lose another pound. And then even if you think about skipping a whole, you know, worth day worth of eating during the week, if you do the 24 hour fast, you know, most people are eating at least two to 3000 calories, you know, I would you know, say closer to 3000. So right? like in one day, you're almost at that one pound and then you just need a little bit more the rest of the week to hit that, to mm. hit the full pound. Um, it's just, it just was really good for getting you in that calorie deficit. Um, Another thing it does, it's it's uh it improves insulin sensitivity. 
So we know that insulin is this hormone that when you eat uh, any type of carbohydrate, it helps um, take the blood sugar, take the blood sugar, uh, and take it take it out of the blood, is what insulin does. So your body starts to absorb the glucose, and the insulin pulls it out. But if you're constantly eating all day, then you're constantly insulin's going in and coming out and going in and going out. And sometimes people become resistant to insulin, which is type two diabetes, mm-hmm. um, in, in which your blood sugar continues to raise because you can't pull it out. So one thing that they found with fasting is that because you're not continuously spiking your insulin, when you do eat, you're much more prone to being sensitive to that and pulling the glucose out rather than being uh, glucose resistant or insensitive to that. Hmm, would you say it's almost like you're giving your body a break? You're giving your body a break. You're letting it. You're, you're letting it rest. Giving it a day off. Giving it a little day off from from stoking that insulin hormone. So that's that's really good, especially for certain types of people that might have type two diabetes. Um, this was interesting, and I had to do a little bit more research on this because this is a hot word to say: reduction in inflammation. You know, this diet reduces inflammation. Yeah, <laughs> reduces inflammation in your muscles and joints. They all say that. They, all a lot of times they say that. So what I kind of looked into is: well, how is fasting even reducing inflammation in your body? And there's a few different theories and things that people think, and they might be true. Uh, we do know that it does decrease inflammation. I'm unsure of the the mechanism, but here's some mechanisms. So when people quoted monocytes. Um, basically monocytes is a type of blood cell that I think is pro-inflammatory. Um, so they think that this actually kind of like reduces that a little bit or doesn't mm. keep it as um, active in the body where you're not getting some of that. You don't have a pro-inflammatory type of cell as much. There's also, they think there's a reduction in like the oxidative stress in the cell. Like basically there's things called free radicals and uh in cells i'm not too you know up to date mm-hmm. with all the the cellular biology here but they i think it's just basically giving the cells a, a little rest break where they're not so um overstressed and then i also think it could be more of having to do with like sugar you know if you're not eating as much sugar which we know is pro-inflammatory and it's in every sad diet and it's in everything i think that's yeah. also how it's mm-hmm. reducing inflammation is uh like you're when you're spiking that insulin and you're you're eating all these sugars, we know that those are pro-inflammatory. So I think it could be a combination of all of them. I tend to lean more towards maybe the sugar side because that makes the most sense to me, but there's probably multiple mechanisms on how it's reducing inflammation. Mm. So here's another cool one. Cellular repair and autophagy. Basically, what happens is you get some, uh, with within the cells in our body, we start to get a little some damage, some abnormalities, maybe some other proteins, different things in the cytoplasm, some other substances, and this helps clear it out. So some of those things can build up in those cells. And basically the when you're not getting food, the, the cell then starts to repair itself. Mm. It starts to t- clear out a lot of the waste that's in it, uh, which is obviously good for overall health and longevity you know what i mean so if you are kind of cleaning out those cells every so often it's good for it getting the oil changed yeah getting that oil changed placing the spark plug tell you what i kind of want to do a a, uh, fast now (laughs) (laughs) and then there's benefits for you know some health conditions we already talked about type 2 diabetes being one of them because that is uh having to do with sugar and insulin um there's probably others that this helps with um 
it's getting a little out of our area of expertise here. So we'll leave that up to you and your dietitian and your medical doctor. But there's a man, there's a lot of potential benefits of fasting health wise. Yeah, there is. I mean, the, the anti-inflammation, I think that's something you see everywhere. Everybody's always talking about anti-inflammation. This This is like a simple way, especially for people who don't want to maybe count calories or give up certain food groups or et cetera. It's just like easiest. This is the, one of the easiest ways, um, because of what you just said. Yeah. So we like that. Sometimes keeping it simple is easy. Um, Again, you can overeat, in which will kind of blow all this stuff out of the water, hey. which we just talked about. This is all talking about. I've definitely done that before in the past, guys. Don't yeah. worry. It can't happen. <laughs> so here's here's something interesting. So a lot of people, not even a lot of people. I don't know if a lot of people. Some people will say that a potential benefit of this fasting or maybe intermittent fasting is that it helps with muscle growth. I've heard that. Yeah, I think you people, were talking some, about some, that. A people yeah. ask me about this. So let's talk about that for a second. Does fasting help with muscle growth? Mm-hmm. And here's here's what I've here's what I've researched. Probably not. Um, the reason why people say that it might help with muscle growth is because they some people have seen studies that said it increased testosterone and it increased human growth hormone or HGH, which are anabolic hormones for the body. Here here's the thing. Um, so here uh, here's a study. It's called the effects of intermittent fasting on reproductive hormone levels in males and females a review of human trials. And um, here's a little a, a little clip of it. And I won't read it in, in its entirety here, but it says, for men, intermittent fasting reduced testosterone levels in lean, physically active young males, but it didn't affect um, more of these like sex hormones with their reproductive hormones. Interestingly, muscle mass and muscle strength were not neg- negatively affected by these reductions in testosterone. So they actually saw, like, over all these trials, a reduction in testosterone. There's some older studies. I think one came out in, like, 1989 that said it in, um, increased testosterone. I think there were some flaws in that study from what I had researched. But there's more research showing that it kind of decreases testosterone. But it, that it didn't have a negative effect on the muscle. But it doesn't impact the gains. No, it, it doesn't impact the gains. But, again, is it helping so it might not be negatively impacting, but is it helping muscle growth? And this study saying no. Probably not. Probably not. Like they weren't negatively affected, but it wasn't like increasing muscle gain. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that is kind of good at least to take away from this is that it's not going to impact your muscle gain. Especially it, if somebody's like, no, no, I don't want to do it fast because I don't want to lose my your muscle. Your muscle. Yeah, so it, it will not negatively affect it. Here's the thing you need to – we've already talked about it, but here's the thing. Fasting usually puts you in a calorie deficit which is great for weight loss because your body's in what's called a catabolic state or a breaking down state. It's, fasting is not the greatest for muscle building because that's, you know, you're in an anabolic state. You have to be in a muscle building state. You have to have your, give your body enough resources, AKA enough calories mm, in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the right amount of calories in terms of like your macronutrients, proteins, all that kind of stuff. And we know that testosterone is an anabolic hormone. So really, you need to be in that calorie surplus to gain yeah. muscle. Now, it does. Now there has been quite a few studies to show that it does affect human growth hormone positively, which is HGH. So maybe that's the reason why it didn't negatively affect 
the muscle mass, even though testosterone dipped. So it wouldn't like essentially you won't lose it, but you're not going to be gaining. Yeah, to gain you have to be in a calorie yeah. surplus. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm sure That's there's, I'm sure there's mm-hmm. some, I'm sure there's nuances that that we're not able to discuss on this we're podcast. We're talking about layman's terms. Layman right, terms, yeah. generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, fasting affects or alters that HGH, HGH levels in a couple ways. Uh, the first way is because you're on that calories deficit, you're decreasing body fat, which that can directly affect HGH production. Like when fat goes down, that hormone goes up. And then second, there's the insulin levels. So that keeps them low. And research suggests that if you're continuously spiking your insulin, that can disrupt the signaling of the growth hormone. So if you're not disrupting that hormone, your body's able to give or produce more of it. So at the end of the day, it does increase HGH. Maybe that's why you're not negatively affecting your muscle, but it's probably not the greatest if you're trying to build muscle because you want to be in an, in an anabolic state or a calorie surplus state. Mm-hmm. So... There's are my thoughts on that. I'm sure there's people that disagree with me, but um, <laughs> we can link the study that I, I pulled this from yeah. in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions on how do you break the fast? Can you work out with the fast? So, Annabelle, talk to us about breaking the fast. This is... It's, it's very important how you break it, and I think a lot of people have different opinions on how to break it Yeah. overall. But the... The easiest way to do it is some people even think you start with maybe with like something liquid mm-hmm. because your 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 stomach's not used to having anything in your stomach at all. So you have to slowly reintroduce it maybe to some liquid, then some something a little bit more soft. I think we've, we've done rice before. Like it's something easy on your gut. Mm-hmm. We've done rice, fruit, fruit toast, broth, yeah, bone broth, stuff like that. They've also said smaller meals, smaller meals like, too. Yeah, you know, like you're slowly introducing food. You don't want to just go eat a steak and potatoes right after you are finished fasting. Like you probably need to slowly put some, you'll crash. You're you're probably going to crash if you do that. Um, but those are probably the best ways. Start small, start light, uh, nothing too. Um, I mean, technically you're really not going to want anything like really greasy and sugary. You're going to probably want some natural foods, you know? So real foods, the one that doesn't have a label on it. That's right. So that's, the, that's probably the best way on how to break a fast. Yeah, small, digestible. Foods. And there's um, there's so many people who say no, you, you need to eat X. No, you need to eat Y. At the end of the day, just something no, eats in your stomach. There's no right way. You might have to play around with this. Yeah. If you're if this is something you continuously do, you'll find what works best for you. Don't mm-hmm. let anyone tell you differently if something works well for you. So, another big question people get is, can I exercise? Can I even? Can I lift? Can I lift? Um, generally, it's safe to exercise when you're fasting. But, so, like, my wife cannot exercise fasted because she gets really lightheaded. Um, she doesn't like that. And some people don't. Some people have to have some food on their stomach while they exercise. Totally understandable. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I, can, I can work out fasted. Like, I can work out first thing in the morning and just have, like, water. And that works well for me. Um, yeah, I prefer to work out an empty stomach. But that's, that's the saying, I guess, was this. is maybe the first time around that you're trying to fast Maybe not. Don't work out the first time around. Probably, you know. You see not. how you, if it's your first one ever, just so you can kind of see how you're you're handling the whole fast. Yeah. Or maybe next time around you try it out. It's not contra contraindicated or anything. You just have to see what works well for you. Mm-hmm. Now, some people will say about the fasted cardio. 
you know, like you've been <laughs> yeah. fasting and do some cardio because in there in your head, you're saying, well, if I'm pulling from the fat storage, you know, then you I'm burning more, then fat. I'm burning more fat. <laughs> maybe, you know, like, yeah, maybe I've, I haven't done a lot of research on the mechanism behind that. Maybe. And if that works again, if that, if that works for you and it's working, then guess what? Keep doing it. It works for you. It might not work for others. So a lot of this is, that's what they call it applied science. You have to apply it to yourself, see if the science holds. If it doesn't, we're all different. Our anatomy is different. How we uh, break our metabolisms are different. Our genetics are different. All those type of things. Mm -hmm. So there's some considerations, people. Okay. So please, if you feel, if you feel like you're not able to do this, Consult with your healthcare professional. We don't want someone passing out in the gym because, you know, they went balls to the wall and had been fasting for 24 hours and then did a yeah, 40-minute <laughs> cardio workout because they think they're, you know, burning fat as fuel. Like, talk with your, with your doctor if you're even able. Because sometimes you might have an eating disorder and this might not be the best thing for you to try. Yeah, or some sort of medical condition too. They may not allow you to do that. Yeah, type 1 diabetes, I think you might need to be a little bit, you need to consult with your healthcare professional on this Mm -hmm. one. See, and, you know, maybe consult with a couple just to make sure you're getting a well-rounded opinion. Um, But there's certain things you definitely need to check with before doing, and I think you might know who you are. Know yourself, baby. Know thyself, (laughs) one of our tenants. (laughs) But uh, some of those are some of the main ones. Um, what about it while you're doing it? Is there anything else I need to take so, into consideration? Yeah. With, while you're fasting, you definitely need to be drinking water. And, you know, maybe even have a little pinch of sea salt in that water for a little electrolytes. Um, there's other protocols out there. You know, people are saying magnesium and, you know, mm-hmm. potassium and eating all these different type of things while you're on it. Look, that's out of my area of expertise. I'm not going to recommend that kind of stuff. Consult with your doctor. You and know. also, too, a lot of people just debate it. And people will debate it. Yeah, so, so, again, like we're saying, see what works well for you. And this might not work well for you. And some might say, I think generally speaking, most will say it's okay to have like black coffee or or mm-hmm. just uh, plain tea. Yeah. You know, some people are big on water only. Only, you know, yeah. the only thing you should be consuming, fasting water. Um, but yeah, some people are totally okay with having black coffee. Obviously if you put milk and sugar in there, that's calories. It's going to stop the fast. Um, same with tea. If you put honey or anything in that, like, like that, yeah, it's going to break the fast. And then, then people get into the nitty gritty. It's like, well, is this breaking the fast? Yeah. What about this? I I mean, some people will say that the coffee is breaking the fast because it's sparking something in the liver, you Mm -hmm. know, like guys, just let's not get too in the nitty gritty here. Don't get lost in the weeds. Don't get lost in the weeds. Um, but the biggest thing is just try not to break the fast with calories. If it's zero calorie, you know, maybe avoid the soft drinks that say zero calories because it's got a lot of other ingredients in there that... Some carbonated water is, is pretty clean and it should not break it. Right. So just remember to hydrate yourself. You don't want to not eat food and also not drink. That's no bueno. So we covered a lot today. Um, Animal, do you have anything, thoughts from the podcast that we maybe haven't or looked, didn't talk about or overlooked? No, definitely staying hydrated. It's key. Mm-hmm. Um, you can drink black coffee. So, so black coffee and sparkling water, it's, it's kind of key. 
to help you it not does, feel as hungry. That does, uh, what's the word? Not stunt. It does kind of block your hunger a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you never had black coffee on an empty stomach and then haven't eaten anything after, you might get the jitters and you know feel, oh. sh- feel a little shaky because of the caffeine. Drink half a cup then. Maybe drink half a cup. <laughs> yeah, don't drink dark dark roast. Yeah. But the the sparkling water is actually pretty pretty key on that because it, you do get the carbonation that makes you feel a little full. It's like I'm so full. Some people might think that's cheating, but um, we're not being intense here. Yes, zero we're, calories. Yeah. But that's a good point mm-hmm. that those things that those actually do help to block your hunger a little bit. Um, you know, I personally, I think that fasting is a spiritual, mental, and physical practice. I agree. Um, I think it's been around for a long time for good reason. I think that the ancients knew what they were doing, and I think we're, the science is just catching up to what the ancients <laughs> already knew. I feel like that, that's the case for a lot of things. Is that there's, nothing there's all these on. old spiritual practices that people are like, that's weird, and then now everybody's doing like yoga and then uh, meditation, so it eventually catches up. Yeah, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-mm. So what we think, we try to have a call to action every episode. Again, you might have to consult with a healthcare professional. You know who you are. Give one of the, if you're trying to lose weight, if you want some of these health benefits that we talked about, try one of these protocols and see how it affects your weight loss. We personally think the safest is the time-restricted feeding of the 16-8 mm-hmm. because you're basically skipping breakfast. A lot of people can do that. Uh, and then you need to experiment from there. So with that, at least with the 16-8 protocol, that's an everyday thing. Right. Yeah. You're, you're, that's that's just kind of your new normal. And it's gonna be easy for beginners, you know. Yeah. You skip breakfast and then you cut off your dinner time. So I can't eat past I don't know eight, seven, whatever you set your your time to. And this is really gonna help with weight loss. And then you can experiment with those extended day fast or the eat stop eat or maybe the five two protocol, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But this is the easiest to try. So I guess our call to action this episode is give the sixteen eight a try. See how you feel. See if you're uh, reaping any of those health benefits that we've talked about. And let us know. Yeah, uh, let us try, try us out and let us know. We'd love to hear um, your experience with it because, again, this is applied science. You know, we, we need more data. We need more um, experiments with these things. And, you know, we value how we value your opinion and how it worked for you. Yeah. Send so, us a DM. Anything else, Annabelle? No, I think that's all that I have, Doc. But what about you? I don't think so. All right. Like we always like to tell you guys, remember, you are human. You should not seek perfection, but daily improvement. All right. See you guys. See you guys.